0: Hi, my name is Nikki, and welcome to Quick Picks, a reader's advisory podcast for all kinds of media available at the library. If you want suggestions on what to try next, we're here to help. On Quick Picks, we're always telling you our favorite things, but now Steve is going to join me again to talk about the favorite things from our library's best of 2021 ballots that were submitted, and the trends that we see with those choices. Join us to add to your TBR lists, or to compare your own favorites and see if you agree. Hi Steve, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Nikki, thanks for having me on yet again. (laughs) Of course. Everybody hasn't gotten tired of me yet. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) This time, um, just in case people aren't familiar with you, can you just tell us a little about yourself? Yeah. So um, this is the third time I will have done one of these with you. I'm a librarian here at uh, Round Lake Library. My pronouns are uh, he, him. Today, we're not going to really do anything that kind of like fits in my wheelhouse like we've done with the the other ones. So we're not doing that today because we're going to talk about stuff that other people like. (laughs) With it being uh, the flipping over of a calendar year, it's always a fun time to kind of go back and make stack of what were the things that I liked about the year 2021. And for a lot of us, there probably wasn't a lot. It was kind of a mess. But <laughs> we uh, sent out some ballots, put out some ballots at the library for people to vote on some of their favorite things from, from the year. Uh, so a bunch of different uh, genres of books, your favorite podcast. Uh, spoiler alert, there were a couple people that voted for Quick Picks. <laughs> Yay, we have fans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, your favorite movies, TV shows, music, uh, stuff like that. So we're going to, I guess, unveil all of our results from the balloting uh, this afternoon and kind of talk about what people liked this year. Yeah, I'm super excited because... I know what I liked.
0: And I always talk with Tana, and we all know what Tana likes. And she and I have a lot of the similar tastes. So it's really awesome to get input from other sources, people who read different types of books. And I've been really pleased with the results. So I'm going to let you dive right in and go ahead.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of fun for me also because I don't know a lot of what a lot of these are. Um, so a, a lot of these titles are completely brand new to me uh which is interesting it'll make this interesting yeah um so we'll just do uh like a quick run through on the results that we got back Mm -hmm. uh, for each category and then we can if you want we can talk a little bit more about certain titles or certain themes that we noticed with the the results that we got yeah uh so we're just gonna dive right in here so we started with just fiction pretty straightforward category we kind of broke it down into a couple genres but just straight up fiction some of the favorites from this year one title that showed up twice and showed up elsewhere so this is the big winner of our book of the year i guess <laughs> would be uh razor tears by s.a crosby cosby Yes, uh, I've discussed uh, this book a number of times. <laughs> it's fantastic. Other uh, ones that showed up under fiction was Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell, The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, and The Other Emily by Dean Kuntz. That's a good spectrum of various different types of fiction. You have two historical,
0: you've got some uh, horror You've got some family drama, tearjerker types, and modern noir. So that's, that's a good eclectic group.
1: Maybe one of the reasons I'm so bad at recognizing things on the list is because I do a horrible job keeping track of things and reading things the year that they came out. Uh, so the only books that I read this year that would fall under that, you know, just straight fiction category... Uh, would be The Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolles, which is another uh, historical fiction. And then The Man Who Lived Underground by Richard Wright, Richard Wright, which was originally written, I should have looked this up, back in the 40s, I think? Yes, previously unpublished from the 1940s. I don't even know if that counts.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, uh, there's a lot of history going on here. Yeah, I seem to like to go back in time.
1: So our next category uh, is mystery thriller, and once again, Razorblade Tears showed up in in this one. Other titles that showed showed up here were The Man Who Died Twice by Richard Osman, Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boulie, You Love Me by Carolyn. Kepnes and The Other Emily by Dean Koontz. Yeah, I've only read two of those, so I'm going to have to add the others to my list. That is a category that I pretty much steer clear of. I had, I had a friend uh, ask me for book recommendations earlier this year, and she said she liked uh, Mystery Thriller, True Crime, and Memoir. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I can really only help you on one of those because Mystery thriller, true crime stuff is right out of my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> my way—that's my specialty. Just like uh, the next category we have yeah. here, is, uh, <laughs> romance. Right. Uh, so the the results we got for uh, romance include "Talk Bookish to Me" by Kate Bramlett, "Under the Whispering Door" by T.J. Clune, "The X Hex" by Erin Sterling. The becoming by Nora roberts and this is probably uh my favorite way to answer this uh we had a vote for erratic stories by punjabi ri- widows by uh bali kaur I'm mispronouncing Kaur-Joswal. all these names yeah <laughs> bali kaur jaswal yeah and uh I love the note that they wrote on here is not published in 2021, but I read it in 2021, <laughs> uh, which is just a, a really great way to look at this. Cause if you're like me, you don't do a great job keeping up and you're catching things from years past. So it's a really great way to be like, okay, this was my favorite book this year. It didn't come out this year, but it's, I enjoyed it so much that we should talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so Kind of the point of doing these
0: lists is so that other people can go, hey, I didn't read that one. Let me add that to my TBR list.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I really like kind of going about it that way. Mm-hmm. Next category in our uh, more fiction overarching realm is uh, sci-fi fantasy. And the ones we have here are called The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. Uh, who shows up in two categories. Yes. uh, Because she fell into romance, too. Uh, Cloud Cuckoo Land by Mm -hmm. Anthony Doerr, which I always want to read as, like, cuckoo clock something. Yeah. Um, Kingdom of Souls by Rena Barron. The Becoming by Nora Roberts. And... uh, Here's one where I am definitely going to mispronounce the the author's name. Uh, the Iron Widow by Ziran J. Zhao. We'll put all of these in the uh, the notes so you can just copy and paste for the horrible job <laughs> of pronouncing everyone's names that I'm doing. The hard part about podcasts is knowing how to pronounce all the names. And then I read one that would fall in this category as well, uh, called She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. Okay. YA is something that's really kind of taken off in like a big category in -hmm. the past couple of years. So I was a little surprised to not have a ton of votes in, in that one. But I also know that some stuff that showed up in other categories can also kind of fall into that YA category. As well, so for for YA, some of the results we got were were the Corpse Queen by Heather Herman, uh, Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bouli uh, showed up again. Take Me Home Tonight by Morgan Matson, and uh, another one that I think sounds really interesting. Uh, it's called Girlhood: Teens Around the World in Their Own Voices by Masuma Ahuja. And I just think that's really cool because that just sounds to me like so much more of than you know something that fits into what we think of as a YA pattern, the mm-hmm. blank of blank and blank style, just like a much more open ending. Here are you know, stories from all of these different perspectives. Uh, so that's one that I kind of want to check out. That sounds, sounds fascinating. Yeah, agreed. We have graphic novel, manga, and comics for another category. I know uh, much like why manga is something that's really taken off Mm -hmm. in the past year or two. Our results in here, and once again, I'm probably going to mispronounce people's names, a manga series, uh, Prince Freya by Keiko Ishihara. One called "In the Shadows of the Fallen Towers," the seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years after the nine eleven attacks, by Don Brown, uh, which I think is really cool because that's something that I've always wanted to see more of is nonfiction in yeah. graphic novel form. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really cool that that's something that's showing up in our in our results here. Right. Another one called In Love and Pajamas, a collection of comics about being yourself together. That just sounds so wholesome and adorable. Yeah, it's
0: fantastic. I love her comics.
1: Along with uh, another manga that sounds wholesome and adorable called Cat Massage Therapy by Haru Hisakawa. <laughs> um, and wow, if there isn't a title that gives gives away how exactly that book is going to go. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, that sounds adorable. Yeah. I can't wait to read that. For uh, youth fiction, the results we got there were Finding Judy Junie Kim by Ellen O. And Milo Imagines the World by Matt de la Pena. Milo Imagines the World also showed up for Picture Books. Uh, and he showed up twice there. So that was a, a popular one, mm-hmm. along with Frybread, a Native American story by Kevin Nobel Mayad and Nikki and Vera, a hero a quiet hero of the Holocaust and the children he rescued by Peter Sis. Uh, so again, I think it's cool that you've got stuff that is a little more nonfictiony, mm-hmm. I guess that shows up in picture books. Right. Which is, is kind of cool. That's right. something it's not all
0: work. bunnies and ducklings.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of showing that you know kids can kind of take what we would think of as deeper stories. Yeah. You know, what yeah. we would what we would think of is like, oh my god, the Holocaust, you know, that's a big a big thing. That's too much, you know, to put in a picture book. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool to see topics like that be represented there. Yeah, absolutely. From one nonfiction onto another, our next uh, category is just straight nonfiction. And here we have votes for From a Whisper to a Rallying Cry The Killing of Vincent Chin and the Trial That Galvanized the Asian American Movement by Paula Yu. Notes on Grief by Chimamanda Ngozi Adiche. The Comfort Book by Matt Haig. And this is probably the one I'm going to want to read most out of this whole list that we've got here.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, It's called Unforgotten the wildlife of Diane Fossey and her relentless quest to save mountain gorillas by Anita Sylvie. Wow. There's something that lines up in my wheelhouse. It's, you know, something that kind of falls under that broader anthropology, primatology uh, balloon there. So yeah, that is more of like a youth nonfiction. But I am really looking forward to that. I looked that up, and it looks like that author wrote ones about uh, little biographies like that about each of the three women that he sent out to do the primatology research on the great apes. So that would be uh, Jane Goodall on chimpanzees, as we all know, and uh, Barute Galdikas, who nobody really knows about, who went out and studied the orangutans. And then Diane Fossey is the third. Um, with mountain gorillas, so I'm really excited to check that one out. Wow, those sound really great. And you hear,
0: you know, Jane Goodall gets talked about all the time, but no one really has talked, I think, a lot about Diane Fossey since the movie and the book came out, Gorillas in the Mist, and really important research. It's really great to see that that's being taught to kids.
1: Maybe like the most important thing about that. I mean, Jane Good, like you said, Jane Goodall is everywhere, and Jane Goodall is speaking everywhere you know, she's very open and very willing to talk about her past and, you know, the movement that she's working on. Berute Galdikas is kind of the forgotten person about this. Diane Fossey can't talk for herself. Right. She's been dead for 30 years. Um, So it's really important to see that story kind of popping up over and over again. Yeah. We also had a category for cookbooks, um, which I've already talked a lot about here before and we have a vote for for one of those that showed up uh fast easy cheap vegan by by Sam sam turnbull one of my favorite ways to to vote here somebody wrote for cookbooks tiktok recipes <laughs> uh which is wonderful <laughs> they're published and they fall under cooking instructional oh yes and, and you know it's it's a huge huge thing yeah. Um, so I I think that's a really cool way to make the ballot fit to you. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. writing in the this was published a couple of years ago, but I read it this year and I liked it. So you can yeah. you can make stuff work for you. Yeah. Other I votes it, for I
0: mean, it it it's completely encompassing what 2021 was for a lot of people was TikTok. It just kind of took over everybody's lives in the you know s- social networking area and I learned so much from various different videos. So of course, I think that would be the classic 2021 uh, source.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's there's Tic Tacs for everything. Yes. That's really cool to see. Other votes for for cookbooks were Skinny Taste Air Fryer Dinners by Gina Hamoka, Everyday Dinners, Real Life Recipes to Set Your Family Up for a Week of Success. By Jessica Merchant and I Hate to Cook Cookbook (laughs) by Peg Bracken. We have a category for biography, memoir, and showing up here is Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner, The Soul of a Woman by Isabel Allende, and Be a Work in Progress, and other things I'd like to tell my younger self by John Cena. That's a lot of diverse uh, stories there. And then the last little bit we had, which we're not going to talk a whole lot about here. We had on the ballot votes for like media. So some people for their, their favorite album, we have votes for red Taylor's version uh, by Taylor Swift. Halsey, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. And Haughty Melodic by Mike Doty. Song? Some people didn't write who this was, and I am not a single song person. I spin whole records. Uh, So some of the songs we had vote for um, is something called Lil Bit, something called yoga noonie bad bunny bad bunny's the band bad bunny's the band okay thank you for being uh more up to popular culture than i am (laughs) uh i am not a woman i'm a god by halsey and you're not alone by Semisonic. Mm sonic we had a category for podcasts and you'll be glad to know not only did quick Picks show up it showed up twice
0: <laughs> and i'm really flattered because i didn't even vote for quick picks i
1: voted for case file <laughs> uh, other uh votes for for podcasts uh were uh spit and chiclets uh the daily shine pretty Messed up and stolen the search for germaine uh, i'm not a podcast person so i don't really know much about any of these but it's really cool the way that podcasts have exploded. I feel like that's definitely seems like something that's kind of taken off during the era of COVID is there are podcasts for everything.
0: Yeah, Yeah. there really are. And I almost actually listed Over My Dead Body because that was about the Glenowitz case in Fox Lake, which is next door to us. And we all have uh, memories of that and We know people either peripherally or we know people who were involved in that. And it was a very backyard. Everybody kind of knows a little bit of the story, but that podcast was fantastic. And it was one of the number one podcasts in the world for a while. So just thought I'd throw that out there. If you're looking for podcasts and you're looking for something local, Over My Dead Body, season two
1: was all about the Glenowitz case. And then we have categories uh, for movie and for favorite TV show. Uh, so for movies, some of our votes are for James Bond, No Time to Die, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Cruella, Stop Making Sense, and Encanto. And for TV, we have votes for We Are Lady Parts, Succession, Mayor of East Town. You handmaid's tale and the WGN news. <laughs> you gotta love the Chicago
0: WGN news in the morning. Oh my
1: god. Yep. <laughs> uh I'm not a much of a movie or a TV person either. So I don't have a lot to chime in on that front. Yeah, me either. So one of with all of these results, one of the things that really stood out to me is that there's a lot of books that are either by or about characters that are like other voices. It's not a lot of straight, cis, white men. We have a lot of books by LGBTQIA authors, a lot of books by, by Black authors, a lot of books by Indigenous authors and about those characters. So I thought that was really cool to see. And it's not just in one category. Right. It's across everything on the ballot. Yeah, agreed.
0: I was I was impressed that in the romance category, we had a couple that were gay romances. Um, it's just becoming so much more mainstream and those authors are getting opportunities to publish. So I think it's a huge step forward socially and in the book world.
1: It's not like there weren't people to read those books this whole time. It just right. it never got out there. Yeah. And I I like seeing that there are books by indigenous authors, too, because that's a category that and about and by about indigenous characters by indigenous authors. Yes. Because for a long time, that seemed to be the thing where like white folks were writing writing about indigenous characters Mm -hmm. and eh, just kind of cringy. Yeah. Um, So it's really great to see, you know, so many books about indigenous characters by indigenous authors. Yeah. So that was that was one theme that that really kind of stretched across our our whole ballot here. That was was really cool to see. The other thing that I noticed is a lot of stuff that kind of falls in can fall in multiple places. Mm -hmm. So so books that are a little more versatile that, you know, depending on how you read it, it's, you know, more of like a mystery kind of thing or just like a straight Fiction, or you know, they're YA books that aren't just your classic YA tropes, but that are exploring other realms too—more like of your sci-fi or fantasy, or things that are more kind of like thrillers or mysteries. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to see these books that are able to show up in one place. You know, it's not just we're only writing for mystery readers, or we're only writing for romance readers. We're writing these books for anybody and you can interpret it and kind of classify it however you want mm-hmm. that was very true
0: i had a hard time i had like four or five really favorite books and i had to figure out which categories to put them into <laughs> like razor blade tears was the big one in fiction but that could have also been in mystery thrillers it had so much going on in it. And the same for a couple of the other books that were on the list. They could have fallen into multiple different categories. So it's, it's nice to have them broken down and to see how people decide to break them down. What genre do you
1: call this? For me, that was less of a thing with different fiction for this year, because like I said, I didn't do a very good job reading a lot of fiction from this year, uh, but it's like nonfiction for me is that that's where I read it a lot. So it kind of falls into that. Yeah. I only put nonfiction as a category on here and that encompasses all nonfiction. But like for me, I read, you know, all these history books, which I guess could be another theme that we have here is there's a lot of, you know, history we had a lot of historical fiction. Yes. We have, you know, some of the podcasts we mentioned are, you know, a little bit of historical yeah. stuff. Some of the the nonfiction, even like, you know, the picture books, you know, having stories about the Holocaust or, you know, the fry bread, you know, right Native American history there, um, graphic novel about 9-11. So I guess that's another theme that we really have going here is this you know wanting to read more about history. Yeah. I just want to bring up one of the ones that that I read for that would fall in this history history category that like some of these other things are things that I think are really important that that we talk about or that we read and that's a book called How the Word Is Passed: A Reckoning with the History of Slavery Across America by Clint Smith. Books like this are on the one hand it's fascinating because he travels to all these different places and it's like, Oh, remember when we could travel around, <laughs> but it's also so important and so fascinating as he goes around sites in America and like, looks at what role, you know, did slavery, how did slavery play a role in this? And therefore, you know, expanding and creating our story about ourselves. He starts at Monticello, um, Thomas Jefferson's, you know, home, and you know, what role did slavery have in that and how foundational was that to the stories that we tell ourselves as americans right it's not a cheery read but it's important and it stretches you know from things like that to things like the prison pipeline and labor used in prisons and how that is essentially another form of Plantation slave labor—you know, forcing you know prisoners to to work and get paid Almost pennies nothing. for their labor. Mm-hmm. Microcosm of that is a book called On Juneteenth by Annette Gordon Reed, and that is very much essays uh, specifically about Texas, but about how you know this—the first year we had Juneteenth as a federally recognized holiday and the the history behind that is that was when the word made it to Galveston, Texas of the emancipation proclamation at the end of the civil war. So it's 19th is very much a what place do black people have in Texas story. So it's very much this microcosm of how the word is passed taking the greater US for this is the story of how this history plays out in in Texas. Not exactly cheery reads but two that I think, you know, are really important as we kind of continue with this grappling of our history and, you know, the way it's gone. And that really fit in with the the themes we've got here of, based on the results, we know that people want to read about Black characters. People want to read about Indigenous characters. People want to read about LGBTQIA characters. So it's really cool to see that there are, you know, these nonfiction books that kind of align with our fiction reading interests.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know if this is because history is so popular in our lists, but a lot of these books are very difficult reads. They're not cheery, happy books. They're not unicorns and gumdrops. They are really difficult, tearjerker, eye-opening kind of reads. And I think If you've ever read anything by Kristen Hanna, Four Winds made the list for fiction, but she writes like Jodi Pico and that's, you know, you need to have Kleenex around. This is going to be a really tough road to get to the end, which, you know, hopefully it has a happy ending. But even in the fiction where even the stuff that wasn't historical, a lot of them were really hard reads. So that's
1: interesting to me, too. Do you think that's like a reflection of the year we all had in 2021?
0: <laughs> very well could be. We've had a rough couple of years. So this may just be commiserating. This may be the books that are getting published reflecting that. I don't know what it is, but I, I did notice that when I went down the list, I was like, oh, there are only two or three feel-good books on
1: these lists. <laughs> so yeah,
0: that's that was an interesting
1: thing too. It's it's something I've noticed uh specifically in like the music that I've been listening to is that these past years I've not been listening to like cheery happy you know upbeat music I've been listening to a lot of dark you know downer kind of stuff and it's almost ironic that you know we're going into such dark topics during such dark times but there is like that element of that okay everybody else is just as glum and gloomy as I am. And there's that like commissary kind of thing, you know, like, okay, we're all bummed out together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even the the book
0: Erotic Stories for Punjabi Wid- Widows, it, it's one that you think is going to be an uplifting thing, empowering these Punjabi women to use their voice, to tell their stories. And then there's this whole battle with the traditional values versus the Western values. And it takes place in England and you know everything just took like a really dark spin. It could have been a happy book and it turned into something a lot darker. So a lot of these, it's a really interesting take on society, I think right now. Your, your favorite book of 2021, fiction-wise, what was that?
1: Broader, like if we throw all the like fiction ones together, um, it probably would have been She Who Became the Sun was the one that I liked. Okay. The most. But like I said, I only read three that were fiction that came out this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listed
0: The Lincoln Highway, and we haven't talked about that. So what did you like about that book? How did that make you feel?
1: So I enjoyed it. That almost had, in comparison to all of these dark kind of stories that we've read, that was very much had like a fun, innocent kind of story to it. It's like, okay, we're going to go on a road trip. And then our road trip goes completely sideways and we meet all of these interesting characters. That's one of the, I've read uh, The Gentleman in Moscow, which is another book by Immortals. And I really like all the different characters he kind of puts in there and all these different perspectives we have. That was cool from the Lincoln Highway is, yeah, there's one story, but all these characters get thrown in and you get their stories in this larger, you know, arc that's going on.
0: Yeah. And there are characters that you feel like you knew almost like there were characters that I really loved in that book and characters that I really didn't like at all. (laughs) And it kind of felt to me like it was a cross between uh, adventures of Tom Sawyer and catcher in the rye because it was four guys and there was a little bit of a female influence here and there, but it was like young men trying to grow up in a tough time and do right by their family, or you know, in some cases.
1: <laughs> I, I could t- I totally get those two comparisons. Cause especially like if you break down, you know, like the four guys that the story's about, half of it is very much almost more like that innocence of the Tom Sawyer bed. And then half of it is very much like that CD, you know, they go to New York in the fifties. So just that kind of like opening your eyes to this, you know, very different world. They're from Uh rural Nebraska is where the story starts. So it's, you know, very different worlds that are, are coming in here. I also liked that there were characters, what I'd read about it, is like you're rooting for them, and it's like, oh, yeah. or like that. Oh yeah, I I totally like get that character, and there's almost that bit where like, oh man, don't screw it up. I like you, don't screw it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, I felt that way. Sally was one of my favorite characters in the book, and I just every time she talked about how she felt or what she was thinking, it just made me laugh so hard, and it was such a nice contrast to the the boys were always struggling they're always struggling they got to get this place they've got to get to that place they've got to get this accomplished this happens that happened and they're always like stressed out and sally is too but she's kind of she has a spin to it a sarcastic spin you don't expect from women back then and duchess just stressed me out because he was so
1: chaotic yes uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i i really liked i liked billy the little kid um, yeah, it's just that like open eyed like wonder, like when they go to New York and he's just like, this is incredible. So I, I really liked that in a story where so much of it is like you're saying, it's, it's struggling, it's moving forward. It's we've got to do this. We've got to do that. It's really refreshing to kind of have that perspective of let's stop and look at this because this is incredible. And who knows when we're gonna be in this position again. Yeah, exactly. And and you had
0: to like, even even in the middle of all of the, the struggling that they were going through, there was so much redeemable about most of the characters. There are a couple that weren't, um, but the redemption and the good intentions that were behind all of the things, even the bad things that they did. They had good intentions behind them,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: breaking into the orphanage to give them food was just. <laughs> I mean, some of that stuff is is really sweet and and
1: heartbreaking at the same time. It was fun. I like travel things. Yeah, like that. I I really enjoy reading those kinds of stories. So just like hearing the okay, we're gonna start here and we're gonna go here, and this is all the stuff that we encountered along the way is just something that. I really enjoy I kind of I, I, I try I've traveled a lot mm-hmm. and I like talking about that. So I love these stories that kind of incorporate other people's traveling experiences as well.
0: Yeah. So do I. I love the road trip stories because to me the journey is as much or if not more important than the destination. And that was that was this book. That was the journey, the journey to get somewhere.
1: Yeah. And it almost it's one where it very leads you off. It's like, okay, there can be another journey here it's they almost they didn't get to their destination right so it it truly is a story that's just about the journey it, there yeah. isn't that destination to it mm-hmm. yeah I hope that didn't spoil too much
0: <laughs> but that's life you know life is life is trying to get something and all of the stuff that happens in between that either makes it better or makes it harder or whatever but yeah this was a good. This was a really good
1: Americana type yeah. young coming of age story. And just like life, it's all the people, interesting people you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that was all the, all the characters that, that sh- jumped in here uh, were really fascinating. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much, Steve, for all of these, your favorites and everybody else's favorites from 2021. It gives you a lot to think about and maybe things to put on your list of to be tackled this year so that next year when we do this list, we'll have a bunch of stuff that maybe we can say, hey, I got this off the list last year and I really did like it. So hopefully we'll we'll see a little bit of that. Yeah. But thank you again for doing the poll, for collecting all of the information. This was really fascinating. And your anthropology, obviously, is coming through here in the study of what society is like by their
1: book choices. It's a fertile field right there.
0: Yeah. You thought it wasn't your area of expertise, but lo and behold,
1: (laughs) it came back around. Everything's coming up, (laughs) Millhouse. There you go. All right.
0: Thank you, Steve. I'm sure we'll have you back again sometime soon.
1: Yep. Looking forward to it.
0: And now here's Nick with a suggestion from libraries. Tutor.com is an online tutoring platform where students and home-based teachers come together inside a virtual classroom since 1998. Tutor.com connects tutors with students who need help in more than 40 subjects. Live one-to-one help is available 12 p.m. to 12 a.m., including math, science, and English help. Tutor.com helps thousands of students get better grades every day. Services also available include drop-off essay assistance, drop-off resume assistance, SAT, ACT, and GED practice tests, and much more. All you need to start is your library card. that brings this episode of Quick Picks to a close. We hope you join us next time for more suggestions in different genres and maybe different media. My name is Nikki, and Quick Picks is coming to you from the Round Lake Area Public Library in Round Lake, Illinois. The end.